Okay, so I'm currently home for the weekend. I was supposed to record a podcast on Saturday, but a lot of Massachusetts actually lost power because of the winds, and so I lost it at about 3 p.m. on Friday, and didn't get it back till about an hour ago, and it's currently Saturday at 1, so we lost power for around 19, 20 hours, which I think is a little bit of ridiculous, but I don't know. Uh, things happen, so now I'm recording this quick little thing to kind of fill the gap because I should have another podcast coming Tuesday morning, but this is another little in the now podcast just to talk about what's going on in the world of basketball. And so the big thing right now, I would think, is the fact that the refs blew the Trailblazers jazz game last night. And I don't know how many of you guys watched it, but I actually, with the last remaining battery on my laptop in the power outage, managed to catch the end of that game. And it was it was a good game. It was a really good game. The Jazz kept it close. The Blazers had an early lead, lost it, got it back from some some more insane play by Damian Lillard, who's having a ridiculous stretch right now. And then the refs blew it. Damian Lillard drove in for a layup with around 17 seconds left. Uh, tried to lay it in. Gobert clearly had an obvious goaltend on the ball. It hit the backboard first, and the refs didn't see anything. Uh, Damian was pissed. Granted, he was warrantly so he deserved to be pissed since they missed that call and i just saw a couple twitter clips of gobert fouling at the end of the game getting easy calls at the end of the game and it just looks like officials give him whatever he wants because he's this defensive monster and he, he is a defensive monster i'm not taking that away from him he's it's just like come on guys you, you you can do better than that anyways i just thought that the state of officiating in the nba right now is kind of at a low a low point. I was listening to Fox Sports Radio last night because, again, had no power. So I was just listening to this little hand crank radio that my uh, my stepdad brought home, and they were talking about how officiating needs to be changed. And I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, if you have the ability to review something, then why don't you? I think it's ridiculous that they don't. I think it's astonishing that they have this technology and they just refuse to use it at times because it's quote-unquote not in the rule book that that makes no sense to me so i think damien lillard got screwed out of an important win in a playoff race and that should be addressed but i highly doubt the nba will do anything about it moving on to some more celtics talk uh i'm seeing a lot of tweets lately that's where i do most of my social media at bannertown usa if you want to look me up about Robert Williams coming back and how it's going to be important for the playoffs. So I decided to look up some stats this year. So Robert Williams has played in 51 games in his career. And throughout those games, he's averaged three points, which isn't that great. But at the beginning of this season, he was having a great year. I'm going to go look up his stats right now. But with guys like Marvin Williams going to the Bucks. Uh, you got guys like um, Marcus Morris going to the Clippers. Guys just deciding to sign everywhere. And the Celtics didn't make a move. And so a lot of people are complaining and saying, oh, what's wrong with the Celtics? Why didn't they do anything? How can you sit at the move when sit at the deadline when you have all these assets and not do anything? And I'm not going to lie, I was one of those people. I am behind that statement. I think they could have done something and they should have done something. But maybe Ainge knows something we don't. Maybe he's got something up his sleeve and maybe that thing is as Robert Williams. I was about to say Robert Covington. So I decided to look up 
Robert Williams stats from this season. And he's only played in 19 games, which isn't that many, so it's a small sample size. But I put him into basketball reference, compares, comparing him to Tice, Gobert, and Adams. Um, I did Tice, obviously because he's known as the more def- defensive-minded center on the Celtics right now. And then Gobert and Adams are in there because Gobert is the best defensive center in the league. And Adams is a guy we were looking to trade for at the deadline as an upgrade. And he's a pretty good defender. And I think he's just a solid all-around center in the NBA right now. So in games this year... Williams was averaging around four points, four and a half rebounds, an assist, and then 1.1 blocks. And first of all, over 46 games this season, Adam is averaging 1.1 blocks. So the fact that Robert Williams is averaging around that is pretty good. I think so. And so when you take their per 100 possessions, Robert Williams' defensive rating is a 97, which is crazy. To put that in perspective, Rudy Gobert's is 102. 102. Which is solid, which is good. Robert Williams is a 97. He's a great rim protector. He's averaging 3.8 blocks per 100 possessions. 15.6 rebounds. I know you can't like completely take those for like real stats and take them with a grain of salt, obviously, but... Hey, man, if we can have a three-man rotation of Tice, Williams, and Cantor in the playoffs, I think that's solid. I think we can rotate Cantor in for offense when we need it and rebounding. Tice in for some of the more, like, experienced guys if Williams struggling. But Williams can be a pick-and-roll, lob-it-to-the-hoop, alley-oop guy, and then on the defensive end, he can hold his own with the best of them. And he gets his blocks. Time Lord is going to be very important for us down the stretch of this season. Um, moving on from that a little bit, Romeo Langford. I mean, with that game last night, man, ooh, baby. It's, it's got me excited. I'm not going to lie. It's got me a little excited. Uh, I pulled his stats up and comparing his rookie season to the rookie seasons of Jalen Brown, Kevin Herter, and the late, great Kobe Bryant. Um, it, it's still a little too soon for me to talk about him without just paying my sex, but Jalen Brown, obviously, because he's on the Celtics, and they're similar players in the sense that Brown didn't get too much love his first few seasons. Um, Kevin Herter, in the sense that, I mean, he's kind of a similar player. I think Romeo may be a little better defensively, but they're similar players in the fact that they're wings, and Herter's not like Known as this amazing star potential guy. He's just like a solid wing player for the Hawks, and he's young. Uh, he's also probably a better three-point shooter. Well, obviously a better three-point shooter than Langford at this point. And then I threw Kobe in there because his first season in the NBA, he didn't get that much love. Like, he didn't play that much time. He played like 15 minutes a game. He only started six games. And so it wasn't until like a few seasons in, a couple seasons in, where he started being the Kobe that we know and love to this day. So, yeah, looking at their per games... In his first season, Jalen Brown only averaged 6.6 points a game in 17.2 minutes a game. He only averaged 5.4 shots. He shot 45% from the field and 34% from three. Not terrible, but not like great by any means. Uh, three rebounds and 0.8 assists, 0.4 steals, and 0.2 blocks. Like Nothing amazing. Like, okay, Langford's averaging 3.4 points. One rebound, 
barely any assists, point two. Uh, his defensive numbers are around the same as Jalen's, but he's only getting ten minutes. So I don't want to say they're similar, but those are kind of like similar kinds of rookie seasons. Like not getting a ton of minutes, not getting a ton of chances on a pretty good team. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Brown or like as fast as we need him to be with the championship team we could have in the next couple of years. But he's, he's not bad. Don't count him out yet. As for Kobe and Herter, Herter averaged like 10 points his rookie year because he was on a bad Hawks team. Kobe averaged 7.6 points his rookie year on a pretty good Lakers team. Uh, and then I wanted to look at per 36 because I feel like that's how we can get a good solid like look at how good these players actually could be because there's just not uh, a fair comparison to be made when you look at the fact that Herter played 27 minutes the night his rookie year and Brown and Langford played 17 and 10 respectively and Kobe only played 15. So per 36, Brown had 14 points, Kobe had 17 and a half, Herter had 13 and Langford had 11. So you take Kobe out of that conversation with his 17 and a half. The other three have pretty similar stats. As for rebounding, it's like six for Brown. Uh, you got four for Kobe, four for Herder, and four for Langford. Not that far off. Pretty similar. Assist-wise, Langford's slacking a little bit. Herder's got four. Kobe's got three. Brown's got two. Langford has like half an assist, but he's not getting enough minutes to be a true playmaker, especially because he's not a ball handler. But defensively. Per 36 minutes, Langford's averaging a steal in 1.2 blocks. That is solid. His three-block performance last night inflated a little bit, but I don't know how you can say inflated when he earned those three blocks. Like, he he's a solid defender. He looks like he's a competent defender, and that's the most important part on this team where he's not going to get a ton of minutes. And so if Langford can improve consistently for the rest of the season, then I think he's going to be a very, very valuable asset not only in the future, but maybe even in this year's playoffs when we need some depth and some sparks off the bench. Uh, and then per 100 possessions, I always looking like looking at offensive and defensive ratings because it gives me a good, good feel for how good the player actually is. And out of all these players, Brown, Kobe, Kevin, and Romeo, per 100 possessions, Romeo has the best offensive rating for his rookie season. I know we might not get as, me- as much time, and so... Not as much opportunities. You could, I guess, say that, oh, he's not shooting the ball as much. He's just making the easy shots he gets. But, like, the offensive ratings are pretty far apart. Kobe's was 101. Herter's was 106. Brown's was 102. And Langford's is 115. 115. That's good. Then defensive rating, Herter had 116. Brown had 110. Kobe had 105, which is really good. And Langford has 108. He has a better defensive rating than Brown did in his first year. And Brown, we all know now, is an elite, elite defender. So if you're asking me, Real Mule Langford could be better sooner rather than later. So yeah, uh, Real Mule Langford is looking like a solid pickup for Danny Ainge at the 14th pick. And especially in a time where the Celtics are looking to make a Good run down the stretch of the season, and we could potentially maybe pick up like an Isaiah Thomas. That would be amazing. I'd love him. Or I always liked Jarebko and Iman Shumpert in free agency to like help with depth. 
If Lankford can progress to the point where he's giving us solid minutes, we might not meet, need those guys. And then Robert Williams coming back too. I don't know the timetable. I don't think anybody outside of the Celtics organization does. But if he can come back and contribute in the playoffs and the unstretch too, I think we have a solid core. And hey, so you're saying there's a chance, man. I, I'm not saying anything definitively right now because Giannis is scary and the Bucks are amazing. But so you're saying there's a chance. So, yeah, thanks for listening to In The Now from the Raptors, presented by Bannertown USA. Uh, Catch you guys next time. Peace.